Back once again for another episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. This one brought to you again by our friends at One Nation Coffee. Awesome dudes. And as you know, they pick up your 6 a.m. So we love that. Their owner's John Richards. Guy's been blowing stuff up on behalf of the United States Navy and our nation for years. So we love that guy as well. And you know what they're trying to do, right? Help people on the front lines. From the front lines to the front porch, they have your back with the highest quality coffee available, roasted to order in sizes that fit your life. Veteran-owned and operated. They're all about making a great product and giving back through the One Nation Foundation dedicated to vets, first responders, and servicemen and women across our communities. And that's going to hit true to home with our interview today. Hit up their website, onenationcoffee.com. Use the code P-U-T, those letters, P-U-T-6, the number six, P-U-T-6, and save 10% off today, or click their link in our show notes. The mission of Warrior Wad is to reduce the impact of veterans' mental and physical wounds through fitness programs to empower our veterans to realize their full potential, confidence, and self-worth. They aim to combat PTSD and trauma with fitness at no cost to the warrior they support. Our guest today is Phil Palmer, the executive director of Warrior Wad and a Purple Heart recipient who knows about working through invisible wounds with physical fitness. This is Pick Up the Six Podcast. Phil, my man, what's up? How are you? Good, man. Good. I appreciate you having me on, Brian. This is, uh, you know, I, I love what you're doing with uh, Pick Up the Six, and, you know, I'm just honored to kind of be here. So man, it's my pleasure, brother. We, yeah. I feel very fortunate over the last few weeks, the network is is shining its light. The network is, is bringing people to us. Uh, and quite frankly, we've had to do very little work. It's not a bad position to be in as a podcast host. Because yeah. Great people keep coming our way and, and you bubbled to the surface and, and here we are, man. I'm just excited to get to know you hear about this incredible mission that you're on. You know, we, we've had a lot of conversations recently too, about leveraging that physical fitness to help folks get through tough times. And specifically, okay. I know you guys are focused on veterans, um, but we, we've just, we've heard a lot about this and I'm a true proponent of it. In fact, I'm coming off a of COVID week. And I was like, I'm getting outside today and we're hauling 15 bags of mulch and let's get some sweat going. Let's get feeling yeah. good because you get the feeling down in the dumps. I mean, yeah, the physical stuff that comes with and luckily I had a mild case. So all good households getting healthy, but man, it kind of sucks <laughs> you know, yeah. being home for five days and not going out and working out with your friends and, and just being limited and feeling a little sluggish. And so I'm like, cool, let's get sweating today. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's get right between the ears a little bit too. You know what I mean? And it, it, it does everything right just to get moving you know mm. something as easy as a 20 minute walk around the neighborhood uh can change your entire outlook for the day so yeah man i get it yep yeah we talked a lot with our friend will branham about that we've talked to you guys remember our episode with reboot recovery great organization by the way phil reboot recovery evan yep. uh, and those guys doing really cool uh work over there so just good stuff man let's get to know you a little bit right united states marine corps yeah. So Phil Palmer, man, what was yeah. your, uh, what was your journey to the, to the military? How'd you end up there? Where, where'd you grow up? How'd you end up there? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, which is, you know, an hour and a half from Paris Island. Yeah. Um, and, and to add to that, my grandfather, uh, retired first sergeant, uh, still alive every day of his life. He still does something with the Marine Corps. Um, he, yeah. I mean, he still does the Marine Corps league, uh, every single month without question toys for tots every year, you know, but when I was a kid and I've got a picture, uh, that he showed me recently, 
I'm four or five years old. Uh, he's taken me to Paris Island. I've got two canteens on my waist. I've got dog tags on, um, you know, realistically, I think he brainwashed me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so it was through, he would tell you he was just part of, uh, you know, uh, helping you be who you were meant to be. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, he was the, the catalyst for my journey. Um, and, and so because of him, uh, you know, I went to the Citadel knowing full well yeah. that I was going to uh, go in the Marine Corps. Now, interesting, I went to the Citadel in 2001. Mm. Uh, so if we rewind, year. Yeah. very busy year. And I literally signed the paperwork to go in the Marine Corps one week uh, to the day before 9-11. Wow. And, and so, you know, as, as I'm signing this paperwork, the last thing that's happened was desert storm. So, you know, we're in peace. Um, you know, I'm not really understanding the gravity of what I just did. I just knew I was following my grandfather's footsteps and going in the Marine Corps mm -hmm. and um, everything changed within a week. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was insane. Half of my classmates that were going to go in the Marine Corps dropped out of the Citadel immediately and enlisted. Straight in. Like I got to get Straight. there as fast as possible. Yep. As fast as possible. We're going to war. You know, I want to be a part of it. Um, we didn't realize that it was going to be a 20 year war uh, on, on the Iraq and Afghanistan front. But yeah. So that got me to the military, uh, spent some amazing years with some amazing leaders. You know, uh, I think a lot of my influence that I have now stems from that first unit that I was with, uh, I was on a combat advisor team. Um, and, and so there were five officers and a few uh, enlisted, uh, but we were there to train the Iraqi army. Um, it was probably the pivotal year of my life. Um, great leadership, but just being exposed to that culture, having that level of responsibility, that was when uh, the Sunni awakening happened and we mm -hmm. cleared Ramadi as well. Mm -hmm. So just watching from a very chaotic um, beginning, because Ramadi was probably the most dangerous place in 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. It went from that every day getting IED shot at to by the time we left, we were hand, handing out humanitarian assistance. And that was the most uh, chaos that we had. Yeah. So seeing that full spectrum was amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, interesting. And, and, you know, I don't want to, I hope I don't derail the conversation too much, but uh, that same team that I was just talking about, one of our uh, guys just retired after 25 years, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Ryan Cray, retired three weeks ago. Actually, I think when you and I tried to yeah, talk. Yeah, when uh, we first got going. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, that team, we all came back together. Some of the most amazing men, you know, some of us are still in, some of us are, you know, doing our civilian things, but now that I'm looking back and I have 15 years of experience afterwards, it really established, you know, any success I've had was from those guys and yeah. that experience. Yeah. From so. that, from being part of those units, yep. being part Absolutely. of that shared experience. You know, we often, I mean, there's a lot of stories that come out of 06, 07 Ramadi. You think about guys like Chris Kyle and, oh, and yeah. those are the famous ones, right? That people kind of know about. Yeah. You know, were, were you witness to some of those 
what we call kind of you know epic moments of of of, so, that, of that part of the combat and part of that that part of theater a little bit yeah so like uh chris kyle was in ramadi now i never met chris kyle i don't think he supported me mm -hmm. but he was a part of that same uh environment that i was he he obviously in his job um had more chaotic experiences than mm. I did, uh, just by the nature of him being a SEAL. Uh, but Monsul, uh, Marcus Luttrell's brother was on the SEAL team that supported yeah, us. Yep. Yep. And, and so, you know, there, as I look back, I had zero idea what was really going on. Um, but there were some true heroes amongst us in, in Ramadi. Um, no, it was interesting. I was actually reading Lone Survivor uh, while I was in Ramadi, not realizing I was talking to Morgan. Um, and then uh, we had to go to Camp Ramadi for some reason. Uh, and we had the SEALs with us. And he introduced me to his brother, Marcus, and without ever even knowing that it was him until I got back and uh, my boss um, told me who he was yeah. and, and who I just met. So... I mean, when they say you're walking amongst giants, mm. um, you know, that that's what Ramadi was at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty serious stuff that was going on. Uh, awarded a purple heart uh, during your deployments. What happened? Yeah. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, pretty lucky, right? Um, uh, you know, we go back to Monty Python and he says it's merely a flesh wound. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and so we were uh, doing a, a raid uh, late at night. Uh, we left the, the OP uh, walking down the road, uh, Iraqi stepping in and trash because uh, there's trash on both sides of the street. And, you know, they know to not do that. But um, at that time, the insurgency, they, they changed their tactics and they were using pressure plated IEDs, literally taking two saw blades putting a sponge in between. And if we stepped on it, it initiated. Um, and he stepped on one. And, and I just happened to be in, in the, the radius where there was some shrapnel. Um, you know, a couple um, pieces of shrapnel, that, that's really it. You know, all flesh wounds, uh, nothing that really even slowed me down. Good, man. Good on you. Uh, here we are, though. It's That's 2006, 2007 kind of time frame, yeah. right? When when that activity is going down. It's 2022. So there's there's a large you know gap of time between downrange, right, in theater, seeing combat, and now this mission in your life through Warrior Wad to help your fellow veterans get yeah. through trauma, get through hard times, get through PTSD, through physical fitness. Before we talk about why you started, what went into that? When did you realize, man, I'm battling some stuff internally that needed, that, that needs some help that needs, that needs some paying attention to. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I honestly, looking back, I probably knew that there, there was some issues even when I was active duty um, mm -hmm. and, and whether it was my own subconscious or there was a stigma within the military. Um, but th there was the idea that officers or leaders in the military uh, don't get mental help or mental health help. Um, because if you have PTSD, you can't have command or you can't lead, um, which is the farthest from the truth. You know, if, if you're uh, a leader enough to take care of yourself, then you're a leader enough to take care of those that uh, follow you. Right. Um, 
So I probably knew uh, why I was active duty, but I, when I got out in 2013, um, I slowly started realizing I was having issues and it was small things like, um, you know, we had an incident where someone got caught on fire. And, and so the, the smell of um, someone burning something on the grill bothered me uh, driving down the road. And I, you know, this is probably a very typical thing for veterans. Um, and you probably heard this before, but just driving down the road and seeing trash on the side of the road and, and catching my eye, thinking it potentially could be an IED, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it started getting a lot worse, uh, you know, dealing with my own issues. I didn't get into drugs or alcohol and, you know, I didn't have that story, but I did silently suffer. And so, um, by 2015, I knew I needed to do something. And so at that point and not related, you know, um, just kind of on a whim, there was a gym a mile down the road. So I could run to the gym. It was a CrossFit gym. Um, and then I could run home afterwards. I joined it, never did CrossFit before. Uh, and fast forward a year after that, most of my symptoms were pretty controlled, you know, still had some, but they were controlled and I was gaining my life back. So, yeah. Was it a combination of the physical fitness component? And then if you're at a CrossFit gym, there's community there. There, There's definitely a sense of community. Were those things you started kind of picking up on? Yeah. So the community piece, um, you know, I've got to give them a shot out at C4 out of Houston. Um, you know, uh, that community just was insane. Open the doors, uh, went above and beyond. They didn't know my story, but they were just great people. Right. Um, and that sense of community where they're always pushing you to be better. Right. Um, and then they're encouraging you to compete against yourself. I think that that helped a lot because it came a little bit of an addiction to myself. You know, I was addicted to trying to get a new PR or uh, a faster time for Fran or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way, was never really that good anyways for me. Um, but it, it was a lot of that, but I also think it was the gaining of confidence. Like when I was in the military, I felt like I was in pretty good shape. And then between 2013, 2015, I, I really didn't work out. I wasn't in shape. I probably functionally was not at my best. And then to see myself grow back into um, something to be proud of, I think that that helped quite a bit as well. Yeah. So at what point do you get to thinking, you know what, I'd love to create this environment, create this offering for veterans like me, for guys and gals who who might need this level of fitness to, to, to help in their trauma. At what point are you like, I want to make this a thing, right? Like I want to start my own thing. I want to start this nonprofit. I want to start giving yeah. back. Tell me the Genesis of warrior one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my story is part of it. Um, I, I thought that there was something there. I just didn't know mm-hmm. uh, how to put it together, but I was living in Houston and my wife and I moved from Houston to Charleston. I'm originally from Charleston um, in 2019. And, and again, CrossFit gym here uh, opened their, um, uh, doors very, uh, welcoming to the point where they've never met me, but they offered to send their coaches to help us unpack. Right. And, and yeah. it's just a great community on uh, this is iron bridge in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Shannon and Donnie just 
uh, amazing people. Um, but every year for the 4th of July, they have a week where every day they do a workout to honor uh, a, a fallen military or mm-hmm. uh, first responder, you know. Um, and, and so them knowing that I was a veteran, they asked, hey, do you have someone that you want to honor? And I did. Joshua Booth was a classmate of mine. And uh, from the Citadel, and then he was killed on the day that I arrived into uh, Iraq. So, you know, to me that I I wanted to honor him. And and so they set up a great workout for him. It was a great turnout. Um, But while I was there, Shannon, the owner, looked at me and said, hey, you need to go talk to this guy, Justin. Didn't give me any context. Um, So I went and talked to Justin and, and through a conversation his brother was in the same unit I was separated by time. Um, so he was in Fallujah, got wounded himself, um, and then came home, got out of the military, and then I joined the unit. But he started having issues with PTSD and his own demons. And mm-hmm. that led him to drugs and alcohol. And, you know, fast forward 10 years, uh, he ends up taking his life. Um, and, and so we did this workout um, in honor of him and Justin and I start getting to be really good friends. And, and I learned that Justin, because of his older brother, Nick, um, you know, he looked up to his brother. So he started following in his footsteps and, and, you know, he went down that path as well. And it was through fitness that he got out of that path. And, and his story is remarkable. I'm not doing it justice. You know, it, it, it's really, it touches you when you hear how he explains it, but, um, Really, I think Justin was the catalyst where I was like, there's something here. Um, you know, hearing his story, knowing my uh, background, um, there's something here. And, and so we started a trying to just donate money to other organizations. But mm-hmm. what we were ended up doing was every month we would donate to a different organization. Some were vets, some were not, but it was all fitness related. Right. Um, and. I just felt like we weren't doing enough. And, and, and so as Justin and I, and my wife started talking, you know, we thought we needed to go down this journey and, and it, it's been one hell of a ride. You know, we're still in our infancy. We've been in for about a year now. Um, every day I learn something new. Every day I make a mistake that I've got to uh, be better for tomorrow. Right. But um, we're already influencing veterans you know we've got veterans uh, around the country and even one of our veterans u.s navy vet is in the country of Colombia, and, and we're mm-hmm. taking care of them so you know we are borderless and our only requirement is that you're a u.s veteran and you need our support yeah uh before we talk about how that works right the impact you're having so far and how our listeners can help you with that yeah, guys, because it takes resources to be able to provide free gym memberships and support to veterans dealing with mental and physical wounds. You got some favorite wads? I do. So Rikio is definitely one of my favorite wads. Um, it is a brutal one mile run with a flak jacket, and then it, it's a uh, triplet of um, cleans, power cleans, uh, bar muscle ups. Um, and I can't believe I can't remember the next piece. Um, so yeah, it, it's brutal though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously Murph 
because of the implications of Murph, right? And it, well, you talk happening. about you talk about creating a community around oh, yeah. a workout of the day, and there are so many incredible ones. You're right. You know, we had the the uh, the honor of having Eddie Laredo's wife on, and we talked about mm-hmm. the Laredo wad. My brother and I uh, over Christmas did the Burt wad, which was is a yeah. spicy meatball. Yeah, that yeah. thing broke 50 burpees, hundred meter run. 100 push-ups or excuse me 400 meter run 100 push-ups 400 meter run lunges squat like you can barely move that thing oh yeah yeah but the way that the murph thing has just really come together over the last 15 years i think specific 10 really it feels like it's really become a major thing oh i mean it's a staple like there's no way on memorial day you're not not doing it on memorial day yeah you You would be caught dead not doing it on memorial day of course absolutely so, Absolutely right. Um, I'll tell you my least favorite is sure because uh, there's Dave, always those two. Yeah, D, Dave Castro put out that seven minutes of burpees, and that's all you're doing. That's what you do, just seven minutes of burpees. It was one of the open workouts, uh, maybe 2014, 2015, but it's literally seven minutes of burpees. Great, <laughs> and it's great. longest seven minutes of your life. I hate that workout. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long seven minutes. No, no, <laughs> that's no. that's a long seven minutes, man. All right. So, how are you guys tangibly, physically helping these guys? What 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 are you providing them? Right. So you raise money, you're able to get them these memberships, coaching them along the way. Talk me through the process. Yeah. So uh, for the vets in our program, we will provide them a six month gym membership to any gym. We don't care if it's Pilates or if it's CrossFit or Gold's Gym uh, or even Jiu-Jitsu. Like uh, we want to meet that veteran where they need to be. Right. And and, um, we will call the gym owner. We'll pay for it for six months. We ask that the gym owner, you know, keeps an eye on the veteran and pays attention to him because it's another touch point. Right. We're building that community. Going back to my story, you know, having those open arms really changed the dynamic for me. Um, and then uh, along with the gym membership, we will set them up with a certified nutritionist for six months as well. And every two weeks they will check in, uh, every week if it's warranted, but mm-hmm. every two weeks, uh, they'll check in and see how their nutrition's going. You had another touch point, right? But yep. then, you know, there's so many statistics about how, you know, eating healthy will help with anxiety, depression, PTSD as well. So that that's just adding to the plan of care. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, a mentor or battle buddy, a veteran like myself that has walked a mile in their shoes, uh, that has a appreciation for how fitness can help them, will meet with them every two weeks. And this is not a therapy session. It, it is two guys like you and I are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Letting it out and talking through things. Um, you know, I am not a doctor by any means. So I will never say that the VA's uh, means of uh, uh, taking care of veterans with PTSD is right, wrong, or not. And what we're trying to do is either in uh, conjunction with or in isolation, if that veteran so chooses, help that veteran across his journey of uh, reducing PTSD uh, symptoms. And then indirectly, or I guess directly, um, helping to reduce the statistics of veteran suicide. You know, I, I was looking at uh, the annual report uh, for the Department of Veteran Affairs, um, and it's you know 
for the last 15 years, 6,100 veterans a year take their lives, right? And, and so when you put that into context, and then you don't hear this statistic much, and I came across this recently to add to it, additional 30 veterans a day take their lives um, through substance abuse. Yeah. yeah. And so it, so it, even it, unintended. Unintended, um, drugs, alcohol. Yeah. So that's 52 uh, that's 30 a, a day. day. Yep. So oh God. And it just blows me away. So it does. If, Breaks if your heart, man. Absolutely does. So our mission is to really influence those numbers. And, you know, will we ever get down to zero? I, I don't think we are. I think that that's uh, a bridge too far. But mm -hmm. all the organizations working together to reduce that number as close to zero as possible, um, we want to be part of that solution. Exactly. And we encourage, um, you know, those that are wanting to be part of that solution to, you know, either open their wallets or open their time or, you know, just provide awareness. Um, you know, that's how support, that's the kind of support that we need is just really that awareness piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, we've got so many, um, people with great hearts that are trying to row this ship in the right direction. Definitely. And I think part of what we've been trying to do here over the last few weeks is just find those opportunities and just continue to share the stories yeah. because it is all connected. Yeah. Everybody's got their own missions and they're doing separate things, but like the USS battle series guys yeah, yeah. hosting these big, massive two day workout festivals on literal battleships. Uh, you yeah. know, Yorktown's going to host one in June. Right. So they're doing that. Right. You got my man, Ray Cash Care, who's out there doing pushups every Saturday, 1300 of them at a time. That's nuts. Right. But he's got a whole community of people and they're raising money by selling shirts. Right. You're doing your thing. Uh, Will Branham and Naked Recovery is doing his thing. Like just th th there's there's positive momentum. And I think, guys, I think yeah. if we can go out there and just find organizations like this to support. We can do our part to help out a little bit too. Tell us the website real quick. We're going to keep talking, but this is a good moment. So, right, tell yeah. me how to you guys out. It's real easy. It's warriorwad.org. How'd you score that one? It's so good. I have it's so simple, but so idea. good. Yeah. So, you know, we, we did a lot of research and I can't tell you how many names that we mm -hmm. tried to come up with. And, and we're on GoDaddy trying to sure, see sure. if it would work. And, and everything just looked ridiculous with the extra numbers or the hyphens and everything. And just on a whim. And I think this was my wife's idea. She was like, what do you think about warrior walk? You know, it combines the two things that we're passionate about veterans, the warriors and the workout of the day fitness. Yep. It just combines them. Um, and it was a perfect idea. So, I you know, that. I take zero credit from it. Uh, my wife did it, but um, yeah, yeah, we typed it in a go daddy. And it was like, score. We got uh, both domains for the org and com as well. Mm -hmm just the habit, right? Yep. So, yep. You know, what's the cost associated with providing these resources to one veteran? Help our listeners get a sense as to what you guys need to, to be able yeah. to bring in to make this happen. And that, that'll help them decide how much they can go in and contribute for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about $1,500 uh, for six months. And, and that's an average, you know, if it's a uh, veteran that wants to go to Gold's gym or plant fitness, you know, that number is a little less, mm -hmm. right? Uh, CrossFit, a little bit more expensive. Orange Theory, a little bit more expensive. Um, so it comes out to right at $1,500 when we average it out. Um, you know, 100% of the money that comes in 
goes to our programs. You know, my staff and I, we don't take a dime. Uh, our admin cost is super low. So, you know, if someone is generous enough to support us, um, you know, they should feel good that all the money is going to our veterans. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it, man. Guys, you, you got a guy here who obviously knows a thing or two about service before self having worn our nation's uniform. Uh, but then in, in this, you know, kind of second phase of his service is willing to, to stand up an organization like this called warrior wad, their website, warriorwad.org warrior W O D dot O R G. Before we go, let's talk about these core values, fidelity, advocacy, serve, and teamwork. Can you walk me through all four of those? Yeah. So fidelity, um, you know, the Marine Corps, Semper Fidelis, you know, always loyal. And we want to continue that um, with, with our veterans. We're still always loyal. Um, obviously, you know, th- th- I think that that one is, is very easy. We want to advocate for our veterans, you know, as you and I are just talking, like, let people know the statistics mm-hmm. um, and understand the gravity of the issue mm-hmm. that we're having. Because um, 99% of the people that I've met, when they start hearing that stuff, you know, they start tearing up a little bit, they start getting concerned, you know, and it's through that, whether it's them being generous to our organization or uh, vet wad is another great one or warning warrior or uh, Mm -hmm. catch a lift or whatever it is. um, We're all supporting the same mission. And and so if I could be part of that equation to help a veteran, whether through my organization or not, you know, that that's advocacy as I look at it Uh, service, you know, you kind of talked about it, you know, these heroes have served our country very faithfully, right? Um, some to um, the detriment of their minds, mm. uh, like extreme detriment. Yeah. And, and so I feel like it is our duty to serve them in their time of need. And then teamwork, you know, it, part of my command philosophy when, when I was uh, active duty was ruthless adherence to teamwork. And as long as you did that and couple in some common sense, then your mission was going to be achieved. And it's through the teamwork. And that, that's why I work so tightly with other nonprofits is that we can together support that mission. We don't have to be in, you know, sallows and, and mm-hmm. uh, compete against each other. You know, um, Sebastian with VetWAD, he has a very similar mission as I do. Him and I probably talk uh, once a month and, and, you know, I know I learned so much from him and I hope that I, I return that favor. Uh, but I can tell you that his organization has directly helped my organization grow. Right. And, yeah. and that to yeah. me is what we're trying to accomplish on a grand scale um, so that we take care of our veterans. So that, that's kind of the teamwork thing. Uh, incidentally, and I didn't know or I didn't recognize this when I wrote it down, but it spells out fast. F-A- it sure S- does. It sure and, does. And so um, that kind of went with the, the workout piece as well. Um, but no, that's what we stand for. That That's definitely our values. Um, and, and that drives everything that every decision we make with my board, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're looking at those to um, make sure that it guides us in the right direction. I know you military commanders love a good acronym. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad's got... 
30 of them holstered all the time. <laughs> I mean, yep. like yep. there's always a good way to come up, but it, but it helps and it helps you remember that. And it helps you're going to, you're going to be fast to serve those. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to look at it. one of his famous ones is fat. He stood in front of an entire, uh, air force base, really like a whole wing. And they were going through a tough time. He said, we're going to get fat. And they're like, sir, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean we're going to get fat? He said, we're going to be focused, right? We're going to be focused on the mission. Yeah. We're always going to be focused on our mission. We're going to have a positive can-do attitude. We're going to have a great attitude. And we're going to have teamwork, right? We're going to accomplish this through teamwork. That's how we're going to be fat. We're going to, we're going to be a fat unit. Those things tend to stick, man. Uh, oh, yeah. You can pull them out pretty quick and recall them. Oh, yeah. Super easy. It doesn't matter if you're a three-star general or a PFC or anything in between. Yeah. You know, you recall that very easily. Yeah. Love what you're doing, man. It's yeah. warriorwad.org. His name is Phil Palmer. He's the executive director. They're about a year in. They need about 1500 bucks to, to onboard and to provide service to a veteran. So guys, please, if you can head to their website, uh, do us a few favors, share this show, right? Share their, uh, their website, follow them on social media. And if you got a few extra bucks laying around, go in there and, and throw yeah. them a little bit of support as well. Dude, I've loved talking to you. I wish you nothing but the best in these yeah, coming weeks, months, and years. Yeah. I, I sincerely appreciate it, man. This, this has been an honor. Thank you. And Next I love what you're doing, yeah, man. Definitely. Just to give you a quick shout out, like when, when you explain the show to me that, and you use the, the Marcus Luttrell analogy that, um, you know, Marcus Luttrell would be awesome to interview, but you wanted to, uh, interview the helicopter pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I was explaining that to my staff and it was like, he wants to interview the heroes that were heroes to the heroes. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So dude, I got to tell you, man, I, I freaking love Jeff Spanky Peterson. He was that pilot, right? He was yeah. the Payfog helicopter pilot who commanded, uh, uh, the aircraft with six other air force reservists in it. And if you're new to this show and, and you haven't dug back through the archives and we're closing in on a hundred actual numbered episodes, we've done more than that by the time it's all said and done here over the first year and a couple months, but we'll hit episode number 100. He was episode number two. Wow. And, uh, man, that story, right? Like it is quintessential pick up the six. We've got an asset that is being basically, uh, held in this Afghan village. And they, they move heaven and earth to go get our guy. That's what we do. That's what we do. We move heaven and earth to go get one asset because that's what yeah. America does. But this crew of six guys on this air force reserve payfall crew that go and get them. It's the wildest story. Cause you're like, who are these dudes? Right. Right. right? But those that's, that's who they are. That's what we yeah. do, man. Uh, and, so the, we for episode the, two, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen. And, and you know, we owe it to them to share their stories as well. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's right. We wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for them. Absolutely. Brother, we thank you for what you've done on behalf of our country. We thank you for what you continue to do. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Let's do this again soon, man. Let's catch up and see how you guys are doing next time I'm in Charleston. We'll hang out. Absolutely. Uh, drinks on me <laughs> deal. And we'll work All out right. too. Yeah. He's Phil Palmer, executive director of warrior wad. They're doing great work guys. Go check them out. Warrior He's Phil Palmer. I'm Brian Jodis, and that's been this episode of Pickup Six Podcast.